This is the Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works. An in-depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham. Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and I'm so grateful to be a part of the team at Applied Vision Works. We are a business coaching firm that partners with business owners and teams to build a better quality of life, stronger organizations, and help them attain greater achievements. You can learn more at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give me a call at 919-739-2980. Don Hadley, our founder of Applied Vision Works, has a great book called The Journey to Meaning. Not only is it a fun, quick story, but there are useful worksheets at the end of each chapter that help business owners assess where their business currently stands and helps them determine the next steps in their journey. The first five folks who email me at bgresham.com G-R-E-S-H-A-M at AppliedVisionWorks.com and request a copy of the book. We'll receive a free digital copy to read on their iPad or tablet of their choice. The book's also available at Amazon.com if you want to pick up a physical copy. Today on the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, we have Richard Williams, president of Lineage based in Charlotte, North Carolina. They have offices across various states across the country that help clients with their shipping, mailing, and office workflow needs. Really excited about this topic, driving a culture during growth and expansion. Richard, welcome to the program. Thank you. So Lineage has such a rich history. You're second generation owner, but not only that, you have such an excellent opportunity opportunity to continue to grow in a tough, tough market. Richard, tell us a little bit about Lineage as well as, as your career. Sure. Uh, Lineage was started in 1984 by my father, David Williams, and as you said, I'm a second-generation owner, and we started with one location in Buffalo, New York, and then over time, and we were one location in Buffalo, New York, sorry, and quarter million dollars in revenue, and then over time, we grew to four locations with two satellite offices. And uh, from there, we went to $15 million in revenue in that time frame. I started in the business in uh, 1991 full-time, but really I started in 84 in a part-time environment. Uh, as my mom likes to say, I started in water sports, which is just a really a nice way of saying I started as the janitor. And I used to clean, I, you know, I, so I used to clean the businesses for my parents, and that's where I really started. But through high school and into college, I served in different areas of the admin department and service department. And ultimately, as a sophomore in college, I started in sales. And then from there, I I grew to be a sales manager, then a general manager, and then a VP of sales, and then ultimately a CEO, which is where I sit today. And about three years ago, I bought all the locations from my father. So today, I'm the sole owner of the company. It's really an incredible story. And you know, you've mentioned the beginnings of the business in New York. I believe your headquarters is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then you have offices in different places in the Southeast, uh, in New York, and then even in the Midwest. It's it's really a remarkable story and, and looking forward to uh, talking to you about it. Along the topic of driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion, in your career, what have been the two to three critical success factors in maintaining lineages, family culture while you all have grown? Well, as you know, based on our very disjointed uh, geographical areas that we uh, serve, you know, it's hard to drive culture you know, from 600 to 900 miles away. 
which is, you know, basically the distance that I sit from most of our offices. And so really what you need to do is I think first and foremost, driving a culture, the three critical success factors are one is leadership. It's not just the leader in the CEO position, but it's the key people that are going to lead the business from the perspective of the day-to-day operations and for the people that are there day-to-day, you know, in those facilities. It's a little bit, Bruce, like, I don't know if you've ever been to a Christmas Eve candlelight church service, but, you know, you start and there's no candles lit and it's dark and they light one candle. And then that, then through the service, that person lights another person's candle and then that person lights the next person's. And then when everybody's candles lit, the room is really bright. Well, that's really where leadership plays a role. It's my role to, you know, light the candles of my leaders, but then they have to carry it on. One of the phrases we use here is, I want the tea to taste the same in all locations. So no matter where you're at, when you walk into a lineage location, it feels and looks and tastes the same, if you will. And that's done through leadership. And then those leaders have to pass it down to their leaders that manage, you know, the employees in their individual departments. The second point I would say is you have to have measurement and a plan on how to uh, grow your culture. You know, if you're just going to hang the words on the wall and call that a culture like many companies do, that really doesn't cut it. And so when you put your core values, your purpose, and your mission statement up, you need to measure that. And so this is a journey that Lineage has been on for the last several years. And uh, we actively measure our employees through an engagement survey. We measure them in regards to our core values. And so we can see, if you will, or we have a report card of, of how we're doing. And then I think the third point, and sometimes this can be painful, is not willing to trade dollars for a great culture. What I mean by that is you'll have people that can do their job really well. Maybe they're your top salesperson. Maybe they're your top employee in an admin position or service position. But their attitude is just really horrible, and they don't want to live into the values of your company. And when Lineage really started changing and morphing our culture, We had over $1.1 million walk out of one of our operations. There were people that had left the company because they didn't want to live the new culture. They didn't want to live the values that we have. And we had some other people that we just didn't change our culture soon enough, and they left because they didn't want to be in the frat house anymore. And so when those things occur, it's, it's not good for the organization. But ultimately, as I sit here and talk to you today, that organization is better than it's ever been because our sales are back to where they were. But the people are happy because the culture is right. And from that perspective... When you take a stand and you're not willing to trade dollars or somebody's good work for bad culture fit, other employees come to understand that that's non-negotiable. And when you put that stake into the ground, you really set, you know, set your boundaries or set your target for your employees. That this is how we're going to behave and act as we work with one another. Let's face it, we all spend more time at work typically than we do with our own families. And so we lineage. We want a great family culture. I love those three points, you know, leadership, you, not just you, but your key people. And it it goes down from there, having a measurement and and plan of how the culture is improving. And then the idea of lack of a better term, not selling your soul, not trading dollars for culture, if, if you will, I I love those three points. And maybe just on the, the first one, you mentioned kind of lighting the candle, getting your key people going, and then they have to light the candle from there and so, so forth and so on. What are kind of one or two key elements or practices that you use to, to get your folks motivated or maybe even re-motivated 
into the the culture? Well, one of the things we do is, you know, we have a newsletter within the company, and, and that's where I get my uh, my form or my opportunity to motivate all employees. And I and we always try to put culture as part of that. We're talking about one of our five core values typically every month within that. But secondly, it's up to your managers to have a cadence or a rhythm talking about the culture, you know, because it's ultimately how we lead and how our employees observe us lead that ultimately determines what the culture is. It can't be a do as I say, not as I do mentality. You have to live it and breathe it. And your people are watching that. So I think one of the ways I try to motivate my employees, my management team, and even my employees in general is pretty much every week to week and a half, I send out a message of encouragement to all employees. It could be on current events. It could be around uh, an area where I've fallen short personally. Many times it has my own pitfalls in it because I want to show them that I'm not just a guy who sits in you know the proverbial ivory tower, but I'm a real person and I have faults and I fall short. And if I'm falling short and they're having the same issues, it gives us an opportunity to have a conversation because they understand that, you know what, I put my pants on one leg at a time just like they do. And so it makes me more real to them. And that's one of the reasons I do it. Hearing more and more working with clients, presidents of companies, that newsletters are coming back. It it was almost kind of, it was something that all businesses did in the printed form, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And as we shifted to digital, those things almost went away. And sure, folks are, you know, doing email blasts or or that kind of thing, but a formal kind of weekly, monthly, quarterly newsletter internal to the team it is really seeming to make a comeback and is a way that we're finding that many leaders such as yourself are are trying to connect deeper and broader with with their teams. I think that especially, you know, we talk about these COVID times and there's lots of noise around that and we're, we're all living it and suffering to, to various degrees. I think communication is really becomes the key. It's one of the first things that our employees told us when uh, we started measuring our engagement and our culture and our core values is you don't communicate very well to us. So I think the first key to it is communicating well and communicating often. And one of the things I've tried to do, and and I'm encouraging my leaders to do during these times, is reach out to your employees. Ask them how their families are doing during this time. Ask them how their extended family is doing. Ask them if there's anything your company can do to help them in this in this time frame, because they just want to know that you're there, and they want to, And just asking them those questions, you know, will drive your culture and and improve it. The next thing they kind of told us about communication, Bruce, was a year later was, well, you communicate a lot to us, but it's one way, meaning we're always mm. just telling. And so you want to get more inclusive and include them in decision-making processes and bring them into the opportunity to help you make good business decisions or how to change processes for the better. And so I think there's an evolution that's going to happen over time. But in business meetings that I attend, it always seems that communication is one of the key areas where most businesses don't do it very well. I'm not here saying that we're perfect at it, but it is definitely on our radar and we're getting better at it every day, every month, every year. You're listening to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast. Brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm here with Richard Williams of Lineage. You can learn more about Lineage at trustlineage.com. They partner with companies of all sizes to help reduce the complexity and cost of shipping, mailing, and other office workflows. What I'm really impressed by, Richard, is you guys really handle everything end-to-end from equipment to services to software, and not many uh, companies in this space can can say that. So congratulations on, on building such a diverse business. Thank you. Kind of the second point you made around 
having a measurement and a plan, a report card, if you will, what are some of the key metrics that, that you all have to kind of measure your success uh, culture-wise? Well, it's great you asked that question because we literally just did our employee engagement survey and we just reviewed it two two days ago. So your timing could not be better. But some of the areas that we, we look at is, one, we measure how many people are just going to participate and answer the questions, right? Because we want to make sure we have a high level of participation because if you don't, you're not going to get very good data. But some of the things that we measure in specific are, you know, we, we, we measure from our employees is what is their engagement in our company? And when you look at engagement, we look at it in two ways. What is their satisfaction and likelihood to recommend us? And that's one way. And then what is their fully, full employee engagement index? And that takes that into consideration, but it also takes into consideration, for example, working at Lineage inspires me to give my best. I feel a sense of belonging to the company, and I'm proud to be a part of it. And so we put all those questions together for what we call a full employee engagement index. We then will uh, kind of look at our core values and we have what we call top box, which we rate, rate our core values on a scale of one to five. And we measure how many people give us a five because fives are like a net promoter score in marketing, right? A five is somebody who's going to go to the top of the mountain and really yell and scream about how good your company is doing in something. And so that's really what we care because we think a one is highly likely to leave us. A two is not far behind them. A three is like, oh, I can take the job or leave it. A four is getting a little warmer, but a five are those excited employees, those people that are really going to do great work in those in your company. And, and you want to get people to as many fives as you can when you rank them against your core values. After that, Bruce, we, we actually have a caring, and that's a, an important part of our culture and building a strong culture. Lineage has what we call a caring team which is basically like a little mini board of directors that has a budget. And what they do is they, uh, they, it's not just about budget though. It's really about caring for people. And so they have dollars that they could use to say, help somebody to repair their car because they're not going to be able to make work because they can't afford it. But they also care for people in other ways. It could be by taking a meal over to a family who has a loved one in the hospital. It could be, uh, we have chaplaincy that we're implementing later this month where it could be a chaplain talking to somebody when they're having a rough time and they don't really have someone to talk to. And so we measure how well we care for our employees as well and how well they feel they're cared for, because that's a big thing. I mean, you read all the news or, or online or you hear it on TV. Mental health is being challenged in this time with a lot of people working remote and the stress of you know, children working from home for school and people trying to work their job. And it's a very stressful time. So I think plugging into that and, and, and looking at those areas, those are the things that, that we, we track to name just a couple. Excellent. Thank you. And, you know, the third point, I, I really find that one to be the most powerful around your thinking around don't trade dollars for culture. We find a lot of business leaders to really go to that next level or the next level above that. They're not just tracking performance as far as dollars and cents, number of sales, number of widgets out the door, but just as important as how that person works with others, uh, lives core values on a day-to-day basis because you can't become a leader in a company or or a true leader of a culture if you're not living the core values. What kind of got you to that point where that became, you know, your third kind of solidifying point? What gets me to that point is anybody that's been involved in companies in their career, you know, and you see a really high performing sales rep, if you will, or we call them sales professionals here, but they're not a they're not a good culture fit. So they they drive a lot of dollars, but they pretty much make everybody else feel like in the organization like they're a peon. 
and they're not mm-hmm. valuable and they're not worthy and they shouldn't even be in the room with them or they should be bowing down to them when they come into the room. And and really where it came down for me is uh, we value that to the point that we test for that in, as part of our interviews. And if you can't pass the culture part of our test, you, you won't be a part of lineage because I can't change somebody who's not a culture fit. So if you're the negative Nancy, I can't take that out of you. If you bring that to the table, as they say, one apple spoils the bunch. And so we just decided that, you know, we're going to find people that are great culture fits. And I would rather have a great culture fit and have to build on skill set because you can train that than to have a really good skill set and poor culture because it's really hard to change a poor culture fit. And it just waters down your, your company. You know, I was a a couple of years before we really got into this, Bruce, I was sitting in a meeting where a gentleman was talking about how he changed his culture and he had a whole turnover in his staff. And, and I was sitting there like, well, that's not going to happen at Lineage. We're not, we're not in that spot. And it, it is what happened. But you know what? It was for the better. Uh, we're doing just as much revenue or more. And But my people, the other people, your admin teams, your service teams, they have a much better view of the organization because they're not being stepped on every day by that bad culture fit. And so that's That's what I would say to that. Excellent. Thank you, Richard, so much. Really enjoyed this first half of our conversation. Folks, thank you for listening to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast. In a few weeks, we'll have part two for you with Richard Williams, president of Lineage, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. As always, you can find more about Applied Vision Works at AppliedVisionWorks.com or send me an email at bgresham at AppliedVisionWorks.com or contact me at 919-739-2980. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor, Bruce Gresham. Questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.